on our last episode. Rachel Feige's young life was tragically cut short after a simple fall down a set of stairs. Soon, Rachel's friends began to share the terrible news. I remember I hung up the phone with her and I was telling my roommate what was going on and that's when it kind of hit me that something terrible had happened and I started bawling. Soon after the news spread, Rachel's friends and family arrived at the hospital where they said their last goodbyes. And then we got to the hospital and then I saw her there just looking just beautiful as ever, but she's not there anymore. Parents of Rachel's friends tried to console their daughters. I remember the call from Connie that morning, then getting a text back from Rick that Rachel was in the hospital, it did not look good, and that they were going to lose Rachel. I was in denial and disbelief, not wanting to believe what I was reading. I remember getting into my car, and then the next memory was walking to Rachel's hospital room, seeing Rachel lying in bed with all the medical equipment connected, where I met Rick at the door. I was at a loss for words. I remember embracing Rick, telling him I have no words. I don't know what to say, and that I can't believe this is happening. I gave Angie a hug at the bedside and telling her how sorry I was. Tears rolled down my face. Connie and, and Hannah were already there in the room, and Hannah was rubbing Rachel's hand from the other side of the bed, and I saw the fear in her face when she looked up at me. As a father, you always expect to be able to protect your family and fix those things that go wrong. I gave her a long hug, realizing that this was in God's hands and we were no longer in control. At some point, Hannah laid her head in the upper part of her body next to Rachel. I just watched helplessly, still in denial of the moment, an image that I can still see today. Without a doubt, this was the hardest moment of my life as a father, as I watched Hannah suffer, losing one of her best friends and not being able to ease her pain or explain why this was happening. I remember going to the waiting room and seeing the large gathering of Rachel's friends trying to offer some level of comfort to them. I watched Rick do the same, and, and I remember being amazed at how strong he was, as I could not imagine being in his position, as I am sure I would have been an emotional mess. Rick and I chatted, small talk, trying not to make every conversation about what happened and the steps that led us to this moment. Connie and Hannah and I stayed late into the night being some of the last ones to leave after the family said goodbye to Rachel. I remember Hannah and I walking out to the car, emotionally drained for that 90 minute drive home. She cried herself to sleep. As I kept looking over at her all the way home, trying to understand what just happened and what was I gonna to say to her the next day. Rachel Feige's first week on campus ended after just 48 hours. 
The anticipation of leaving home for college, making new friends, experiencing independence, and finding new adventures was cut short by a simple accident, a slip down a flight of stairs, and an unrecognized traumatic brain injury. And like the flash of a lightning bolt, Rachel's life was over. But this tragedy was far from over. The impact was far-reaching, definitely a ripple effect. I cannot imagine how difficult this must have been. Beginning school, and for you, Shrisha, having your parents out of the country, what was the hardest part of this whole experience? Um, definitely coming home to Zionsville, it was really, really hard because that's where all of our memories were. Um, our first Thanksgiving home was the worst break because we always used to meet at my house, the four of us, because I lived in the middle of all of us and it was so weird to like see in my driveway that there was only two cars now and not three. And um, when we would drive, the four of us, it was always Mary driving, me in the front, Hannah and Rachel in the back, and then it was like, just one of us is in the back now. And so, and we'd go to dinner and there would be a spot open, like, it was really hard to start to understand that she wasn't gonna be there anymore and like our lives were gonna have to keep going and they were gonna change. It was just really hard to get to used to like not having her there and it's still hard because like you come home and you think that you're gonna see her but you don't. Um, initially, the hardest part for me was not having her there. She was a huge confidant for me. She like helped my self-esteem. She helped me be happy. She helped me see a glass half full and things. And I think now it affects me in a way that I appreciate my life a lot more. I appreciate the people that are in my life. And um, I don't know, I just, I, li I live every day with more of um, an appreciation, which I do thank her for. She gives me joy still, just as I remember how, every, how we spent time with each other. I still struggle with why it happened to her. I don't think that's something that I'm ever gonna be able to come to terms with, at least not for a while. Um, but I know that she wants me to move on and I know she wouldn't want me to dwell. Um, that's why I do this program, is for her, because she cared so much about people and that's what she wanted to do for a living, is take care of people either being a nurse or a doctor, and in this way I feel like um, I'm taking care of people for her. I'm sure the impact was monumental. Hannah, I completely get what you said about how it was difficult to understand why this happened to Rachel. How did it affect your first year of college? So it definitely affected my first year. Um, really hard for the first six months. I was home a lot, the parents were up a lot. Uh, I'm a lot different now whenever I go out and when I do do th things, I um, kind of take on a mom role now whenever I go out. I don't plan to take care of people, but like if this situation arises, like I'm there in a heartbeat because that's what I would have wanted for Rachel. This tragedy clearly brought about change in your daily life and I'm sure it changed many other of her friends as well. Laura, I can only imagine losing your childhood best friend left a deep impact. How did it affect you? Well, it's pretty much affected everything. Um, the first year was the hardest. I won to this day. It's still just, I half the time just think that she's still here and that she's just away at school. Just because, you know, since she did go to IU, it just feels like that would be right. But I kind of lost my faith for a while, just thinking like, 
if like if there was like a god why would he do that um and now at least like angie's rereading the bible like i started to like it's kind of good to see because i think that she was really just it was her time she was called for something bigger so we've heard a lot from rachel's friends about how this affected their lives back then hannah has this experience changed how you view life now i definitely try to not dwell on things i try and enjoy every moment i think some of the hardest Times for me, though, are whenever I have something exciting happen to me and Rachel isn't there for me to tell her. Um, you know, like exciting job or boyfriend or whatever it is. Um, not having her there to share those is probably one of the harder parts. I know she's still here and she's in spirit and she is going there with me, but I definitely have learned to try not to sweat the small things and definitely trying to live every day to its fullest. In retrospect, having gotten through your first year of college and surviving all of this unanticipated clutter and pain, would you say that you were ready for college? Given everything your parents and your high school taught you, did you really realize what things were going to be like? I don't believe I was prepared for college at all, especially the way that I had to first start it. I came to college with a clean slate. I came ready. I was ready for school. I was ready for social life. I was ready to meet new people. and. I came in very, very close-minded of what can actually happen because I never thought anything like that would ever happen to me. And that was kind of the worst part about it, that like I, it hit me like a train, it came out of nowhere, and it just took the floor out from underneath me. Your first year of college did not begin like most college freshmen. I'm sure that it had an effect on the type of person it shaped you to be. I had to completely rebuild myself. I was a different person without her in my life. And it was really hard to take on something so new that I thought I was going to take on with her. And <laughs> but basically just coming in and thinking I was going to spend this next four years of my life with her and grow with her and to have her leave me so suddenly. It's a sad tragedy. It's something that stays with me every day. It makes me appreciate my life and makes me want to feel joy for what she did live because she lived a full 19 years. Mary, it takes incredible strength to share what you've been through. And thank you for that. Actually, it takes incredible strength from all of you. So thank all of you for that. Shrisha, did you feel the same? Did you think you were ready to begin college? Definitely not, actually. Like, my parents were our amazing parents, and I was lucky to be around awesome people all through high school, but I, like I said, I grew up in a bubble. I was definitely like a follower before school, and after I went to college, I and especially with Rachel, I learned how to be my own person. And so I think that's helped me a lot, but I don't think going into school that I was as prepared, or I don't know that I even knew. Like, I was never around death or learned the consequences of what could happen if you drink too much or if you're around these situations. I didn't really even know about the lifeline law. So I think that it's really important that we're telling people in high school that are going off to college about the lifeline law and these things can happen. So Shrisha, elaborate a little more on what you mean about these things happening. I just thought it was, you know, you go to college, you go to parties, you go to school. Everyone makes it out to seem like this awesome, fun thing, which it is, but there's also 
parts of it that are really hard and I wish that I would have gone into college understanding that more and knowing my resources more. Shrisha, you mentioned the Lifeline Law. For those of you who haven't heard of the Indiana Lifeline Law, it's a medical amnesty law that protects underage drinkers from prosecution if they call on behalf of another student who has been injured, sexually assaulted, intoxicated, or is otherwise in need. There are certain criteria. You have to provide your contact information and that of the victim if it is known. You need to stay with the victim until help arrives. And you have to cooperate with police officers and first responders. There are nuances to the Lifeline Law, but those are the major points. And every student attending an Indiana college or university should be familiar with it. Just keep in mind that this is an Indiana Lifeline Law and not all states have a similar law. So make sure you're familiar with the laws in the state where you're going to college. Mary, what about the Lifeline Law? Would that have changed anything in Rachel's case? I think the Lifeline Law is an amazing law. Unfortunately, it wasn't used in this situation. I really think that within this situation, people thought that they knew what was best, but in reality, they all of their mentalities were misconstrued by the effects of alcohol. Um, I think freshmen really need to know about the Lifeline Law just because if it, you're at risk for getting a drinking ticket versus losing someone, you're it's a, it comes down to morals. It comes down to what you believe is right. And if someone's not okay and you have to pay $400 for a drinking ticket, it's there's like not even any words to express what you should do. You need to do the right thing. You have to save this person's life. Like your life is in people's hands when you go out. Great point, Mary. So much of preventing these types of disasters are impacted by the type of people you meet and the new friendships you develop. You're no longer in your protective community where you went to high school. How do you connect with all the new people you meet in those first few days, particularly at parties? You know, you're in a new environment, you're trying to prove yourself, you're trying to make friends, and people go through great lengths of things to make friends, and I think a lot of times that people go out of their comfort zone, things they might not have done in high school, they aren't used to doing, so um, I think that's the one thing that puts you at risk, because you need to know your limits, you need to know what you can do, you need to know what you're comfortable with, otherwise, you know, a lot of things can happen that you're not prepared for. Making friends that you know, and kind of picking people who are good to be around, I think. It's kind of a hard situation since you want to make friends as a freshman, but you have to pick and choose who's going to be good to be around. Yeah, those are great points. Hannah, Shrisha, anything to add? The biggest thing people forget is that when you first go to college, you don't know these people. Like, you've known them for a few weeks and you call them your best friends. But you don't know if those best friends that you think that you have are going to drop everything to take care of you if something happens. Because um, something like Rachel, something so simple that could happen to anyone. Just remember that you haven't really known the people around you for as long as you might think. It's really different in college because you're spending all your time with these people, like you're eating with them, you're going places with them, you go to class with them. So it feels like you're getting really close with them, but maybe it's just been a week. So. These people aren't going to have the same loyalty that, say, your friends who have been with you since elementary school have had because they, don't, they didn't get to grow up with you. Like, they don't know you on that deep level, and they didn't see you go through all these changes. And so it's really important, especially for your first year of college, to just kind of have that mentality to look out for yourself and keep yourself safe and then also keep others safe. Yeah, totally. You've given us some great advice about choosing friends in college. What else have you learned? What do you think puts you at risk and what can you do to stay safe? I think at college, the main thing that puts you at risk is if you're alone. You need a, a 
group that like you can trust, you can put everything in, know that like if you are not there, that they are going to take care of you with the best, like the best ability that they can. They're gonna look out for you. And it's all about the buddy system. It's about who you can trust. And when you first get to college, you're gonna meet a lot of people that you think are your friends because it's so fun and you're meeting new people. But when you go out with, for that first time with these new people, you are alone. Because they don't know how, what you're like when you go out. You don't know what they're like when you, when you go out. But to go out with, go out with a good friend, I recommend it. Um, it's really scary when you go out for the first time. You think, oh, I'm in college. Like, it's going to be so fun and so carefree. In reality, you put yourself at risk every time, like, you do anything. And I obviously wouldn't say, like, live scared, because that's not how you should live ever. And But the buddy system is huge. You have to... Just trust the people you're around because being alone is when those type of things happen to you and being around people that aren't informed of who you are and informed of safety risks is the biggest problem I think that there is. That is such great advice, Mary. And like all tragedies, there's a lesson to be learned. Maybe some enlightenment you discovered that you might not have otherwise. What have you learned and what advice do you have for incoming freshmen or really any college student? I think the best advice I can give to someone is to remember when you go out that if you see someone that isn't okay, you need to remember that that's someone's friend, their daughter, their sister, brother, and uh, to reach out to them, whether you know them or not. Because I don't ever want someone to have to go through what we've all had to go through. I think the best thing you can do with a situation as horrible as this is to learn from it and to then go on and help other people so the same thing doesn't happen and you spare them of that heartbreak, I think is, is that this is what this accident has kind of done. You both make really great points. And you're right, Annie, this is a horrible story. But it's what brings us here to start having this important conversation. My advice to a first year student going to college would be to be open to new experiences and to enjoy your life, but just know that in the back of your head, tragedies do happen a lot more often than we like to think that they do. And unfortunately for me, a tragedy had to happen in order for me to change my first perception of college. And I really never in a million years would I wish anyone to start their week, their first week, their first month, their first year of school the way I had to because it was just immediately like a knock on my back. It was an immediately just like something that, like you're supposed to like have so much fun when you go to college. Like it's supposed to be like the best years of your life. And to start it off that way when it probably easily could have been avoided is just, it's just not how you want your college career to start. Because it will stay with you all of college. Like my college career is forever affected by this and it's rough. It's not something that anyone wants to endure. Well said, Mary. Did you want to add anything, Sammy? Um, you're not invincible. You, uh, you think you are, everyone thinks they are, but um, you're not. Bad things do happen and you can't control it. And even though you might think you're safe at, you know, school, which many schools are very safe, I feel safe at my college, but um, you always have to be on your toes and be able to um, think on the spot and just be prepared for anything. I think it can be easy for college freshmen to think they're invincible. It's at the root of many tragedies that occur on campus. But college can be such a happy chapter in your life. 
How about you, Laura? What practical advice do you have? I would say just be careful. Um, And one thing that we always talk about at Rachel's First Week is the closed loop. So have your group of friends and have that loop of people that you trust to go out with if you are going to go out. Um, Always just kind of have phone numbers saved in your phone. So if anything does happen and basically just like the biggest part of our program is make the call. Like no matter what, if you're just questioning it, just make the call because that person is somebody's best friend. It's somebody's daughter. It's somebody's sister, teammate. Like there's somebody, even if you don't know them, there's somebody's best friend. In closing, you all know Rachel better than anyone else. If Rachel were here right now, what do you think she would say? What do you think she would say about the accident? And finally, what would you say to kids who find themselves in the same situation? I think that if Rachel were here now, she would tell everyone that it was an accident. Like these things unfortunately happen. She fell, like that can happen to anyone. And I think she would stress that to people that it's not like Rachel went into her night knowing that this was gonna happen. She never expected that this was gonna happen and then it happened. It's not like she was being irresponsible, she tripped and fell. So that could happen to anyone at any time. And I think it's just really important that people understand that in that moment, as scary as it is, especially as scary as it is to see someone in that situation, you have got to just go with your first instinct, which is to do the right thing and to call and to get them help no matter what happens to you. In this grand scheme of things, if you are to get a drinking ticket, that's a lot better than having to go through feeling responsible for the death of someone. Because I know a lot of people that were in that house that night are not the same. And they have, some have dropped out of school, like their lives are completely changed way more than if they'd gotten a drinking ticket would have changed it. So it's just, as hard as it is, I think that Rachel would tell them that even in that moment, you have to think of what's gonna come out after it. Which is a really hard skill to develop, I think, just because we're still young and it's hard to think of those things, but it's super important to kind of keep in mind that there's always going to be a result of your action and to think of the best result possible. If Rachel was still here now, oh, I'd be really, really happy. <laughs> I really think that she would want her sto- she wants her story to get out there. She wants people to know what's going on, what happened, so that this doesn't happen to anyone else. I think she would kind of laugh at us for how much that we've um, we think about her every day and I think she um, would want us to learn from what she did and I think she'd be really proud of us and her mom and her family for what they've done and um, ultimately I think she would have taken it back in a second. Um, I don't think she could have predicted it, no one could have predicted it, but um, I think she would want us to keep doing what we have been doing in order to help people so that um, they don't have to go through the same thing she did and the same thing we have and her family has, so. I think she'd want um, people to reach out to others and not just focus on themselves. I think she'd want them to go out of their way to help someone, because that's what she would do. First, I think she'd make jokes about the fact that all of us are so sad Um, because she'd want us all to be happy. But as far as the actual accident is concerned, I think that she would, you know, take it and warn everyone and 
because Rachel loved to help people, whether or not they had like a disability or they were just sick, she just always loved to help people. And so I think that she'd really want to kind of make a difference now. And it'd kind of be a wake up call to her even. And she'd want everyone to know that like she still cares and that she wants everyone to be safe. I think that's her biggest thing. Thank you ladies for sharing your thoughts. I know this was not easy. I have no doubt that your words will impact others and influence them to take action, the right action when it's not always easy, by remembering Rachel and her story. And I want to share with you more about Rachel's incredible friends, how they faced the challenge not only of the first year of college, but the added tragedy of losing a loved one. We'll start with Hannah. Hannah graduated from Ball State University with a bachelor's in health science and a minor in developmental psychology. Hannah just graduated after receiving her doctorate in occupational therapy from the University of Indianapolis. Next, uh, Shrisha. She graduated from Purdue with a bachelor's degree in health and human sciences, then went on to Northwestern University where she completed her master's of medical sciences as a physician assistant. Mary graduated from Indiana University with a degree in neurosciences and then completed a bachelor's degree in nursing. She is now married and lives in Michigan where she works uh, in the trauma center at Butterworth Hospital. Sarah graduated from Purdue University with a bachelor's degree in kinesiology and is finishing her doctorate in physical therapy at the University of St. Augustine. Annie completed her bachelor's degree in journalism and communication at Butler and now works as a media planner and buyer for a local Indianapolis advertising agency. She also finds time to volunteer as a youth soccer coach for a local girls travel team. Sammy completed her bachelor's degree at University of Evansville and is now in her fourth year of veterinary school at the University of Illinois. Finally, Laura. Uh, Laura graduated with a degree in elementary education. After teaching for a year, she took a job with Stryker where she has risen to international sales rep. Safe Tea is brought to you by Rachel's First Week. Executive producer, Mike Wilson from Airborne. Engineering by Ben Vodder and audio from FME Studios. And a very special thanks to Health Initiatives for their sponsorship of this podcast. Subscribe now so you don't miss a single episode of Safe Tea and be sure you tell all your friends to subscribe as well. Don't forget to go to our website at rachelsfirstweek.org where you can find out more about Rachel's First Week and Safe Tea. Remember, Rachel is spelled with an A. R-A-C-H-A-E-L. While there, check out Rachel's Heroes Gallery, dedicated to students who have done the right thing when it all hits the fan. And show us some love on social media. If you have a safe tea story you'd like to share, please contact us at rachelsfirstweek.org. We'll see you next time.